Hello everyone and welcome back to Quest Rewind, the podcast where we like to reminisce about video games and consoles of the past. My name is Ryan and welcome to another episode. Joining me today is Mr. Keith Hamilton from Hi. London, Ontario, Canada. Keith, that how you doing? Out. Oh, I am doing wonderfully, but I've got this voice inside my head that keeps screaming, you died, you died, you are dead defeated and i mean i mean i guess out of context that sounds really horror horrible and really like morbid and dark but it has to do with what we're talking about yeah, today luckily there is a context to that because we're going to be talking about <laughs> yeah, i don't need to see yeah. a psychiatrist at <laughs> yeah. least not for this reason <laughs> because we're talking about from software most recently they came out with a game that everybody is talking about and that's elden ring but mm -hmm. there is a storied history with from software but we're gonna be focusing mostly almost entirely basically entirely on the souls like genre that they created and we yeah. can talk a little bit about maybe where they got some of that inspiration from as well as just walking through a little bit of each game starting with 2009's demon souls but yeah, like, have you ever heard yeah. the phrase that like at first it was a hot line and then it became a hot song like that that's kind of what the souls series is at this point like elden ring is that hot song and oh my god it is fantastic we we, we will for sure talk about elden ring probably at obscene length maybe have its own episode you never know but the souls series is just this hit after hit after hit after hit that eventually got us to elden ring and it, it, it's something that has a very special place in my heart because it's just like it's it's this magical discovery both like in my life and as a game that led me down this path and there's really nothing like it and yeah i i think it's a great topic for us to dive into yeah absolutely and i think the best way to start is to really paint the landscape of 2009 and what games were like then and this little game called demon souls comes out and it doesn't make sure you say it right yeah demons demons souls, souls. Which, Two S's. yeah just <laughs> the ridiculousness of that in and of its own it's demons and it's their souls so these demons have the souls of demons they have possessed multiple souls the way it's worded it seems like each demon has multiples i don't know anyway you, you don't want to stare at it too long because your brain starts to melt but 2009 a lot of games i would say were very much you play through the story and that's it right i think a game that perfectly encapsulated it and there's nothing wrong with this game is in 2009 we also got uncharted 2 among thieves one of the most celebrated games from that era and it was very much a game that you're expected to just play through that game and complete it. And mm -hmm. if someone said, hey, I beat Uncharted 2, you're like, oh, awesome. What would you think of the story? Not, wow, you beat Uncharted 2. I can't believe you were able to do that. That was kind of the expected way things were in that time where games used to be a lot more challenging and it was an accomplishment to beat them. During this time, it was much more about you wanted to experience the the story, the action, the set pieces. Exactly. Yeah, like 
when you think about 2009, we're pretty deep into the Xbox 360 PS3 life cycle. So you've got the all of these developers that are finally encapsulating on the promise of cinematic video games, this very handholdy experience where they can take you on a ride like Uncharted and put you in these obscene, um, like these obscene scenarios that are just, they're, they're crazy to look at. Like for most of video games life up until that point, it was just the promise of that. You have all of these awesome looking things on the PS1, but it still kind of looked like a low res video game because it was. And once we finally got to the um, to the Xbox 360 console generation, people could finally deliver on that. You could have these amazing experiences like your Uncharted 2s, like your Batmans, like your Call of Duties. And developers really leaned into that at that point. And hey, those are all great games in their own right. But then up in the corner here, you got this little weird game from From Software, Demon's Souls, that looked at all of those experiences and were like, ah, uh, no thanks, we, we got something else for you. Yeah, I think with games as they've evolved through the years, we got more quality of life things to just make things more convenient where all of a sudden you could save your progress in a game and then there was more checkpoints and... Then there was the one path you go down, yeah, and there is no no linear paths regenerating health. Like all of these things were starting to become more and more prominent. As particularly the regenerating health thing was becoming really prominent during this era. Um, We have games coming out like Call of Duty for Modern Warfare in this era, and that like games were definitely becoming easier. And then, as you said, along comes this little game called Demon Souls demons souls which yeah. was trying <laughs> right, we're gonna screw yeah. it up folks yeah, so whatever. <laughs> just roll 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 by it <laughs> but essentially it was trying to recapture a little bit of that difficulty from like the nes era of you know your progress it, you maybe you get to restart a level but hey there's no checkpoint you have to do that whole level over again and it had some you know it tried to add a little bit of conveniences there but Demon Souls was definitely probably if you look at from software's library now it's it's probably the most unforgiving of of all of them and you know that's and they kind of that's where they started and it was like I said to kind of recapture that magic of when you beat a game it was an accomplishment I think if you beat an NES game I don't I almost don't care what it is I I be proud you, you have, yeah you should be proud because there's very few that I think are easy games to beat during that era and that was by design because the games were very short right so you needed to get your money's worth so if they weren't challenging then you just spent like whatever whatever I don't even know what the cost is at that time probably like eighty dollars you know for inflation and everything and. Yeah, if you just beat that game in in 20 minutes, you'd be pretty sad. So there was something lost in the new era that I think Demon's Souls brought back. Oh, absolutely. Like, I I never really made that 
connection in my head, but I think you're 100% right. Like, the only difference between Demon's Souls and an NES game is the fact that you couldn't put passwords into Demon's Souls to get, like, to get ahead a level yeah. or something like that. It, it really does go back to that old unforgiving style of um of nes game especially with platformers like you you need to be on your game and on your guard at all times or you're not gonna make it and then another thing that i think it really um like it it really moved forward in a different direction than everything else was commitment in game and this and this really became a staple of the souls franchise where a lot of games were becoming more forgiving and this is something you even see today where choice matters but if you make a mistake you know you can kind of you you we'll give you some leniency we'll 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 let you fix it in the long run not in those games. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. those uh, you you f up. You use the wrong item. You put in the wrong stat point. You are committed to that. So it became a very it in the ways that you um you had a more convenient experience opposed to those NES platformers. Demon Souls added its own anxiety almost to make up for it to make sure that you were as on edge as possible through those things like commitment. So even though it was a little uh, more forgiving in some ways. It found ways to become less forgiving tenfold, I would say. Yeah. And the first time I actually heard about Demon Souls was zero punctuation. I don't know if you've ever watched him before. Oh, yeah. But I used to love him up until the point where he played Metal Gear Solid 4 on Easy and complained <laughs> about it and decided maybe this isn't for me. But hey, that's another He's still story going. for another day. He's still going, by the way. I know. It's very impressive. I, I recent, shout out to Yahtzee, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I recently <laughs> ran into, like, I just saw some of his videos on YouTube and I'm like, He's still, you know, he's still doing it. And I always enjoy just the great mix of a game review, but humor and the little animations that he does. But I remember watching his review of Demon Souls and him talking about, you know, the difficulty and how unique it was. But watching that review, I was just like, at that time, I was like, uh, no, thanks. Uh, I think I'm good. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, I want a game like that. So it was kind of like this series that I knew it was difficult and I, it was something I didn't know I wanted. Like, I thought mm -hmm. I was like, no, thanks. I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to deal with it. So I, I still have yet to play that game. I kind of want to wait till I eventually get a PlayStation 5 and then I can play the, the remake on yeah. uh, the PS5. But have you played Demon's Souls? And if so, what was your experience? I have. I was a early PS3 adopter. And I'm just trying to fact check something here while I... Uh... Just quickly. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I, I was an early PS3 adopter and around those times before like Uncharted and stuff came out, there wasn't a lot to play on the PS3. Like I remember it, it was the super rub-a-dub days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where <laughs> you just, you played that, you, you played the Heavenly Sword demo over and over hoping it was good. Yeah, I begged then... <laughs> Juan to get, to, for him to give me his password so that I could play super rub-a-dub. Because at that time, you could log into someone else's account and download the game and then go on your profile and be able to play it. Some like some hacks there to, to share downloads and stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, I need to play super rub. 
because it's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember hearing about um, this this Japanese game on like forums and stuff that I would go to called Demon's Souls, and I would I would keep checking it out. I would keep looking into it, and even though they it came out in two thousand and nine in both like Japan and North America, there was about a six month gap in between them. It released in February in Japan and October in North America. So I was like so excited to play it that I actually imported my copy of Demon's Souls just wow. so I could check it out. And you could play it in it, English? Yeah, or I know. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It was that was a bit of a learning curve, but it was um I, I'm trying to remember. Honestly, I can't remember. There might have been English in there or English. I would options, hope so. But... With an RPG where there's there's a decent amount of, like your stats, like with you know which where you're putting points into your mm -hmm. stats, like but it's you, kind of you important have to, to know. It is important, but you kind of have to remember that like the internet was in full force at this time, yeah. so Still. you could look up and figure it out. I remember doing a lot of looking up things online with that, and you know, the more I think about it, I think there might have actually been English options in there, so we might have been good. But yeah, I like I remember checking that out, really enjoying it, importing that copy, and then like just being a bit ahead of the curve when it finally came to North America and having a really good time with that game yeah and uh, it's again like it's something i do want to eventually experience it's probably like i said i would want to play the ps5 version um and i know demon souls being the most crude of its design where you basically have your checkpoint at the beginning of the level and no matter yep. and i know there's like a hub world and you go out to one of the levels and you have to make it basically all the way to the boss and if you more lose... than any other games, yeah. that game there is runs in that game where the like you have to be on your A game yeah. on a run, and you are making a run. To you have that to boss. make it <laughs> to the boss and hope you have enough health left over to dis mm -hmm. to beat the boss. But I have heard you can get like check um, not checkpoints but shortcuts to make it a little mm -hmm. bit easier to get to the boss if you make it further, etc. But still. Um, as we move on to the next game in this in the souls like genre of Dark Souls, they started to make things a little bit more forgiving with the addition of bonfires and and I feel like we yeah. really need to say forgiving an asterisk yeah. on this one because forgiving for most is not forgiving for these <laughs> yeah but yeah in the context of these games it seems like as the the series went on in in some cases they tried to make things a little bit convenient more convenient in some areas and that obviously culminates with the game we'll be talking about in the next episode which is Elden Ring where we see that to uh, a much further degree but dark souls is really where the series found its footing and that's where you know that that game really blew up and became a like a cultural phenomenon and really just had a mark in gaming culture and it wasn't a game that i played right away it came out in 2011 but I, I have a close friend who really got into the series and eventually I caved and gave it a shot. And I absolutely love the game. And I know, Keith, you had a you played it as well a long time ago. But what are your fondest memories of Dark Souls? 
yeah, I played it when it first came out. Having that love for Demon Souls that I did, like this, this was the one that really did like, you beat Demon North Souls America. by the way, or I didn't. Okay, I, I still haven't. No, so no, may, not maybe trying to dog on. Yeah, just I was oh, just no, curious. Me. <laughs> I, I take no shame in that. That was a hard <laughs> ass game. Maybe one day. Yeah, like you said, I'd like to go back to it at some point. Maybe when I get a PS5 and play the remaked version and take another go at it. Especially now that I have like the Elden Ring high going on. But yeah, like having that fondness for demon souls knowing dark souls was coming and it being very close to a worldwide release like it came out in september in japan and october in north america i was like all in on it ready to go i bought it day one and i have a lot of fondness for those first few hours of the game because in a lot of ways even though it's like compared to the games that we got afterwards, Demon Souls was a very, I mean, Dark Souls. Now I'm, I've convinced. I'm, <laughs> we okay. never have to say Dark Demon Souls, Souls, Souls for the rest yeah, of the episode. We never have to say the episode. <laughs> I've, I've trained myself to just try to say it so much that now I'm just going to keep saying it. Dark Souls was a lot more of an open quote-unquote open game than demon souls because it was it was very linear even though you had different ways to go on the path you had your path and you take it with dark souls you had your main areas you had your like hub area but you could kind of go different directions you weren't just like you didn't have so much as a first level and you could explore a little more so being blown away by that and then just finding all of the little nooks and crannies and secrets in the worlds like i loved that so much like i'm even though it's kind of everybody's first experience in dark souls it's one of my favorites it's finding that damn drake sword like when oh, you yeah. go on off a little ledge and you're like wow this is a really strong sword i feel so proud of myself did for you do doing the thing that. where you shot the arrows at the dragon's tail uh-huh just to like yeah. just to kind of kite him away enough that you could sneak by well, and there get was to... well no there was the little ledge like the secret way to get the mm -hmm. drake sword where you went down to this area like below the bridge and the the dragon's tail was just hanging off and you could yeah. just shoot arrows until the tail broke off and you got the drake sword Oh, okay. I never did it enough oh, to, yeah. to 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 like break the tail. I just kind of kited away from it to get it. But yeah, it, nonetheless, still just like finding that Drake sword and then having that little bit of power at the beginning of the game, and then just kind of using that momentum to um, to like work my way through. And that, and having not finished uh, Demon's Souls ever, I have a lot of fond memories of the final boss of that game because it's that's really like when the bosses clicked for me because there there is something very special about the from software souls bosses where it is these little micro puzzles that you have to solve and it comes down to a hundred percent you being able to do it and sometimes it takes time sometimes it takes a lot of attempts and you and but but eventually you get it you get it or you throw the game out a win <laughs> window and you never look back and for me the final boss of that game it was gwen right gwen yeah. the lord of cinders yep. like that was just an awesome experience and one of my favorite in games ever yeah, I think when people look back at Dark Souls, and I think the thing that still holds up the best is the world design. The, the way how the whole world connected together, 
was unlike any other game. You know, that first moment where I think it was called the Undead Parish, where you take the elevator down and all of a sudden you're yeah. at Fire and then Link's your shrine. frame rate drops at yeah. three percent to three <laughs> frames. Like you're at Firelink Shrine and you hear that music, that music that's still amazing. And mm-hmm. when you heard that music, it was just like it was it was this somber music, but you knew you were like safe. Like you're like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm home again. Like I could take yeah. a breather. I can take a breath. Yeah. Um <laughs> it, it was just masterfully done. And yes, you could, you know, Dark Souls, it was like, there was clearly the path you were supposed to take. And in that way, it was kind of like a linear game, because if you're new to the game, there's really only one way to go. But the cool thing was, for someone who knew the game, or on their second playthrough, there was a way different route that they could go. You could mm-hmm. pick a different starting item so that you could totally avoid an area. I know my buddy hated Blight Town with a passion, so you get like that key. Blight Town, yeah. that's the one I'm thinking of that your frame rate would oh, just yeah, get yeah. massacred. Oh, yeah, yeah, it would absolutely in. die. So <laughs> he always avoided it. And I was like, because he always avoided it on my first playthrough, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do Blight Town. And I had the PC version, so my frame rate did not die a death. I was actually able to, <laughs> to get through it. And it was a pain. It was a real pain. But I'm glad that I did it because it was definitely a interesting experience because there was all these different levels of it. And... You were just aggroing these dudes left and right, and you had no idea where it was coming from, <laughs> and it was, but it you, was like, crazy. You get into this zone, right? Oh, yeah. Like where you just like, I there's ten guys here. I'm gonna chop them all down one by one. Yeah. Come at me, entire undead town. Yeah, <laughs> it it was just an amazing, uh, an amazing experience, and yeah, it probably doesn't hold up as well today. There's a lot of things, conveniences that were added, and there's things like if you're locked onto an enemy. In Dark Souls 1, you can only roll left, right, forward, or backward. You can't, like, do a diagonal roll, which is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, people playing Dark Souls 3 and other games and Elden Ring, they're used to being able to roll in any direction. So to go back to Dark Souls is, uh, it's definitely an adjustment. And I know things with, like, the amount of Estus flasks you had, which you would use to heal, was linked to to the bonfires, right? You could, you could, like, you could buff a particular bonfire if you wanted more estus flasks like you could buff it to like 10 instead of five um so that was a little bit tough i know in dark souls 3 and stuff like you could just find the things to much like elden ring where you can have always that amount of estus on you um but Mm -hmm. i do just going into a bit of the design I, i do love the concept of like the healing potion that we always seem to have in these games where it's like Yes, it's difficult, but we are always going to give you this little thing where you can heal multiple times in a battle so that it's like that little bit of charity that the game gives you of like, sure, you know, this game's going to be brutally difficult, but you always get this heal here. And if you time it right, it will keep you in the fight longer. Mm -hmm. And it gives you that little bit of strategy, right? Like, you know, like, okay, I can 
go and get two hits in, but I know I'm going to have to heal after that so I can get those two hits in. And eventually, it, I think it's one of the most pivotal design choices of mm-hmm. those games because that's how you learn. You learn through flasks. You learn through your ability to take some hits, really understand what the boss is doing, and then figure it out later. Like, if you, if you didn't have those flasks, you would be done. Like, I, I yeah. think it would be just a daunting experience. It, yeah, it keeps you in the fight long enough that you can learn stay in it longer and eventually like you use less and less flasks and it helps you you win yeah exactly it's all about learning that dance and i love the design of you know you can choose to have a shield or not a shield and be able to parry if you want to go that route or if you just want to dodge roll everything you have that option because every roll you you have some form of um invisibility or invincibility frames right people call mm-hmm. them iframes and that's just it that's one play style or if you just want to be a tank and just buff up your shield and buff up your just durability take all of the hits yeah, and, yep. <laughs> just block all the hits or if you want to have like your little buckler shield and you want to parry everything instead the the amount of options or you want to be a spellcaster and just shoot people from a distance and kind of be a glass cannon the amount of options uh these games allow you to have is just um it's really fun and it creates like great conversations about like oh how'd you beat this boss how'd you beat this other boss um so to to that which direction do you use usually lean into when you play these games so i think i like to go with a different play style every time so for dark souls one i did a dexterity build and i was using an uchi katana and i also got it was called i think it was called like the darkwood grain ring or something where it would let you do like flippy stuff like and like your um you know how you have like medium load like with the amount of gear you have on like if you had a certain amount um if you were like a light um armor you could do instead of just doing a a fast roll you would do like a front flip roll it was like a better roll or whatever okay you had to like do some weird quest line and then like kill an npc that you normally wouldn't kill to like get the ring but apparently it's, i didn't know that was a yeah, thing but apparently that sounds it's cool busted. as hell <laughs> it's some dude who's like way down near where like um i forget what the spider lady is or you know She's kind of like I, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I forget Don't what her name is, name. but um, yeah, yeah, it's way down there. I think there's some like NPC down there's there. There's somebody screaming at us right yeah, now. Yeah, her name is that. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard her name too the other day too, and I, I cannot Quaylog or something. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, we had the expert design of Dark Souls. It was a huge hit, and then Dark Souls Two comes along, and I think there are two types of souls fans it's like the people that started with dark souls and the people that started with dark souls 2 and the people that's which are depending on where you started you like the other game a lot more than the other (laughs) there's very i feel like there's very few people that started with dark souls 1 and prefer dark souls 2 they're out there i'm sure um but i went after i loved dark souls i went right into dark souls 2 and was not as much of a fan i got pretty far into the game but i actually never beat it i pro i, I want to say i got like three quarters into the game and then never beat it did you have any experience with dark souls 2 
I've honestly never played that game because this is the point where I hit my soul's fatigue. Like, having played Demons, having beaten Dark, like, I kind of had my fill for a long mm-hmm. time of that. So I I never touched Dark Souls 2, and it was part of my, like, soul's break. Yeah, and I would say if there's one to miss, <laughs> it's probably it's this probably one. probably that Sorry one. Sorry to the, the Dark Souls two fans out there but i I remember you start with one estus flask which was brutal because like you start the beginning awful yeah it's the beginning of the game you don't have a lot of health you don't have a lot of endurance and eventually like pretty quickly you do get more but it it is a rough start and the other fundamental issue i had with the game is apparently there's like a stat i think it's called like agility that is directly tied to the amount of iframes you get on your roll. It's the only oh, game weird. that does this. And that's the thing is the game basically expects you to be leveling the stat regularly. So if you do not do that, you are in for a world of hurt. It's like basically like if you really level into that stat, the game starts to become too easy. And if you don't, mm-hmm. it's like ridiculously brutal see that's very that's very unappealing to me because when i go into these games i usually go one of two ways i go very like i go the great shield wall and just try and tank everything with a shield or i'll go like a spellcaster so thinking about that i would have no reason to go into agility at all really so that would put me at a huge detriment in that game and i'm I'm not a big fan of that or that design philosophy of the uh of the flash because it kind of goes against what i was saying earlier about being able to learn those bosses yeah i don't think it was a great design choice and i think a lot of people I, I imagine say, there's a reason why it didn't yeah happen it never again. <laughs> continued again but i know there was also a thing where like until you got your souls back like you would be at half health like there was some brutal stuff in that game and yeah it was a rough go but i i still made it pretty far the boss design the level design i would say were not as good they had an interesting element to it though where if you went through a section enough times i think it was like 10 times or something maybe 15 Eventually, those enemies that you killed would no longer spawn after you killed them like 15 times. And I remember, yeah, so it was a little bit like, okay, we feel bad for you. You've done this so many times now. We're just going to have these guys not respawn. And I remember there is on the other side of things. I don't that that's also a weird one to me, because like I'm I'm again being like the tank there are times where i like to turtle and if i'm having some problems maybe over level a bit and go through these things yeah, over and over and over again it kind of killed the the whole grind spot thing so you couldn't do that either but i remember there was an there was a boss that i struggled with i don't think people nearly had the trouble i had with this but it was a boss called the smelter demon and okay. he was basically always on fire so it was like you were taking fire damage just by being next to him. So it was kind of like a mm-hmm. DPS race where you basically, you only had so much you could heal because your health is constantly draining. And it was just brutal. And what do you know? The path to him was completely empty by the time I beat him because I'd gone through that area so many times <laughs> that the enemies were no longer spawning there. And That's I particularly amazing. remember that one. That must brutal. feel bad at the same yeah. time, just walking through that like, oh, So yeah, that I may am. be the, the Souls game. I've heard the DLC for that game is fantastic, but I just, I don't know if I'll ever make it through that game. 
Yeah, I especially after Elden Ring, I don't see myself going back there. And hey, mm-hmm. and you know what? And if Dark Souls Two is your favorite, all all the power to yeah. you. I I would actually love to hear why in comparison. Yeah. So then the the next game to come out is a game I'm looking forward to playing. I've never touched it, but I own it and will play it sometime. Is Bloodborne, and I know you played a little bit of it. So if you mm-hmm. just want to share your thoughts on it. Yeah, my experience with Bloodborne wasn't a very positive one, to be honest, because, I mean, it, it, you have to really like the parry gameplay of, um, of the Souls games because that it is a very pev- parry-heavy dexterity Yeah, I know there's no shields game. in the game. Yeah, there's no shields. So this, this style of gameplay that got me through the other one was all of a sudden gone and I I don't know what it is like I just can't wrap my head around parrying in that game so I choose to totally avoid it and that's just not possible in Bloodborne so I can totally understand how people have an amazing time with it but I it just wasn't for me so I bounced right off of it I I own it and again that's one of those ones that maybe one day I'll check out but I just I didn't have a good experience with Bloodborne and I I understand that that's a me thing <laughs> Yeah I, it's one I plan to to go to because like I said I've had too many people tell me even after playing Elden Ring that it's still their favorite So I feel like I owe it to myself to at least try and play the game. And I'm curious. I think there's like guns and stuff in it, too, because I know it's taking place during like a totally different setting, totally different lore and all that. So it sounds cool. Makes it so parry heavy, like you parry with guns in that game and they're very powerful. Yeah. And I think there's some element to like attacking to heal. Um, Mm -hmm. So that I think that's very cool. It's interesting. I'm kind of curious to just try it out. Uh, but uh, another game that I guess we'll just touch on, I know it, it came out later, but I think is kind of a similar thing of like parrying is important is Sekiro, which mm-hmm. is probably the most different from all the Souls games um, in in just in style. And it's kind of about like stance breaking and parrying and, and stuff like that. And I think there's I don't think there's quite the same, if any, like weapon choices. You're kind of like everyone kind of you're kind of locked a game about into samurais, right? Yeah, you need, you're you're a sword. You don't have the gun samurai, yeah, I, at least not in that. Yeah, in I that didn't game. play. I only got up to the first boss. Like it was when I just got a PS4. Um, I got a PS4 pretty late. I got it in 2020. I just got my PS4. I got a bunch of games for it. I popped in Sekiro, made it to the first boss. That first boss completely just destroyed me many many times and i'm like you know what i'm gonna play the last of us because i need (laughs) i needed i need an easy game to just experience that linear experience that held your hand a little bit i'll come back to this but now having played elden ring it's definitely one i'm gonna revisit and one i actually just started playing we can now move to, to dark souls 3 um, I am not too far in it, and I actually ended up going back to Elden Ring, but I do plan to go back to Dark Souls 3. But I see a lot of, you know, where Elden Ring got a lot of its stuff from, uh, yeah. from definitely oh, from yeah. Dark Souls Without 3. Um, so if you want to quickly, have you played Dark Souls 3? And if so, what's your experience? Uh, a very little bit of Dark Souls 3, where because of my poor experience with Bloodborne I didn't actually touch Dark Souls 3 until Elden Ring came out because 
I was looking I was looking at Elden Ring and I thought it looked very cool and through some humble bundle or some deal or something I owned a copy of Dark Souls 3 for the PC. So I told myself try this and if you enjoy it then maybe give Elden Ring a try because you've had a lot of fun experiences with the Souls games in the past but having it it been dark souls like we're looking at over 10 years ago at this point i've i've changed in my likes i've changed in my styles i wasn't sure if it was going to be for me so i installed dark souls 3 and i had a blast with it i only ended up getting about like four or five bosses in before i got to the point where like you know what i'm just buying elden ring because i really want to play this but i had a great time yeah i was like Like keith you need to play elden ring (laughs) like play (laughs) this game and i finally caved (laughs) but the time that i did spend with dark souls 3 i had a very enjoyable time with it like it was kind of unfortunate because we have we haven't really talked about it up until now but multiplayer is such a huge part of these games not like playing um with people or with your friends but like the messages and stuff and that feeling of connectivity you have through the multiplayer aspects because I was playing the PC version that was all gone because the servers I think are still down at this point wow and um uh so it was a little that took away from it a little bit but like you mentioned you really started to see the DNA of what would become Elden Ring in this game and it is so good like the ability to allocate estus flasks between health and mana like that was really one of the first times where spell casting became like a viable thing from the start because a a lot of times you kind of have to do your first playthrough and then go back as the spell caster once you get a bunch of souls and you get a bunch of levels unless you hate yourself deeply (laughs) but (laughs) it became very it became viable in dark souls 3 so having those little quality of life things you really start to see it there and being able to really try out any build you wanted and it be viable enough that you're able to get through the game like those those were the things that i really appreciated about dark souls 3 and like you i will probably go back and finish it just because there's no reason for me really not to having had a great time with it up until the point i started elden ring like i i I will go back and finish that game and and that's another instance i will as well dlc was fantastic i've yeah i've heard that as well and i got to like cathedral of the deep that's that's as far as I got. So I didn't get too, too far into the game. That's um, the big tree, right? No, no, I beat the big tree. Uh, okay. The cathedral, I think you get to a point where after the crystal sage or whatever, you can go like two routes. Um, and I oh, went. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. So right, I'm right, just right. there. So it's a little bit past that. Yeah, so yeah, it's a little bit past. I didn't get too, too far. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. I've only beaten like three main bosses. Um, and yeah, I got to there. It was a little rough not having the jump button. I got real used to that from, from Elden Ring. So it's very <laughs> yeah. tough to go back. I That's my biggest fear about replaying these games. I don't know how I'm going to do it without yeah, the jump button you, There's a lot of quality of life stuff that was tough to go back to, <laughs> but having now kind of covered, you know, gone a little bit reminiscing about all the games, I think we maybe just going back to talking about some of the cool like unique aspects about FromSoft games and and one thing mm-hmm. i love about FromSoft games is 
just the obscure as hell platforming that they put into the game love it or hate it it's so it's a word for it yeah (laughs) it's like love it or hate it it just it never feels like this is the way you're supposed to go yet it's the way you're supposed to go like (laughs) i know you think about like in orlando in the way it's like you see this big castle and no, you don't just go straight into the castle. You get to do some weird stuff where you're like walking on these like little like connector pieces and you're going through a window and you're in the top of it. And then you get to go up like another piece where there are those stupid archers that always want to knock you down. And it it just always feels like it's not the way you're supposed to go. And I think it's really cool. And there's also, you know, weird like rooftops you can jump on and you'll always, you like, you always know you're going to find an item when you take that obscure path. And I just, I love and hate some of just like the, you know what I mean? The weird platforming that they just put It feels like you're not supposed to be doing it. Like you're, you're somehow breaking the level, but it was a hundred percent intended and it's, it's, it, it, it feels wrong every time. Yeah. I did. I don't know if you ever did in Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls after, um, some time you can actually go back to the undead asylum and like a, a crow will like take you back there. And you have to do the weirdest platforming to get this to it. This doesn't ring a bell, yeah, so, so I'm going to assume not. Yeah, you actually, because like the starting, the area where you start, um, where you fight like the asylum demon and everything, yeah. you can go back there later and get like a bunch of rewards and stuff. And I, I can't remember oh, if there's wow. a boss or not, but you have to do some weird platforming to get back to like that bird's nest so that it will like take you back. It's it, but it's like the most obscure platforming that you would never suspect. And particularly in Dark Souls, where like the, it's the jankiest like jumping ever, where you have to like click like L3 or something to while you're running to jump. And it's so terrible. <laughs> and just the <laughs> fact that they they have you do that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's really incredible. And, uh, you know, obviously we see a lot of this um, in like Elden Ring in the way that you're platforming and you're like walking on like little strips of parts of like a building and stuff mm-hmm. like in the underground cities and or like when you're on torrent trying to jump from platforms yeah, and you hit x just, the wrong time and you're just panicking trying to go back and forth it's just so it's so unique uh and you really you don't see any other game kind of do that like obscure it's just like a it's a cool like signature element of the series that uh i really like you know it has its times where it's annoying but for the most part i love it because you feel clever when you really discover some of these hidden items and you just start to learn like oh this looks like a weird path i guarantee you there's something down there yeah and you start to see the world a little differently because now you 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 expect there to be an item at the end of this thing and it and it's not always there you know they they switch it up enough just enough that it throws you off sometimes but you really start to appreciate every nook and cranny that they put in those games for that reason like there are times where like key story people are like you have to do that platforming to find them and stuff like that and it's something that you could totally miss because it's about as non-linear as it gets it's it's really cool they they are masters of level design that way yeah and i know one of the things that like developers had some other developers outside like complained that there's no like quest log let's say in like elden ring and obviously you don't have that in any of their souls games 
And the fact that there's quest lines that a lot of them, if you don't look it up, you're never going to figure it out. But for the few people that do actually figure it out, it's this amazing reward. But um, how do you feel about the way that they design quest lines where it's like it's so easy to miss, but uh, and it's really obscure to figure out. Um, and basically the fact that like you're almost not expected to ever like do everything in one playthrough. How do you feel about like that quest design? It's yeah, it's it's a weird one, right? Because my initial reaction is to say that I think it's unfortunate, but having just beaten Elden Ring, I look at my experiences of stumbling onto a few of those quests and it really is an incredible feeling. Like it does suck that you can miss it, but if you find it and it's really it's one of those reasons not to rush in the game because that that's the reason why you miss things in these game. You rush through levels, you try to get to the next thing and you you end up missing it along the way. So it's something that I would initially hate, but the more I think about it, the more understanding I am of it, I guess. And and I don't mind it as much because it's a, just another incentive to really appreciate this world that they've built and try and get as much of it as possible. There are frustrating examples of it where you're, you're almost forced to look it up because trying to progress the quest there is no way that you would be able to figure yeah. that out on your own like like that part can be unfortunate but it's not like they don't leave you aimless a lot of the times like they're with with i understand yes there are examples of the opposite but they give you enough to say like okay this is where you go this is where i meet you this is where you have to go it gives you enough of the main story beats that you need to do in each game that it is at least moving you in a certain direction and for the type of games that they are, I really do think that it's okay that you don't see everything in one playthrough. Yeah. You're you're heavily incentivized from a gameplay uh, aspect to play through the game multiple times. So why not have that ability to see something new during those playthroughs? There's there's really no reason, as, as I work through this in my <laughs> head, there's really no reason to see everything in the first yeah. playthrough, you know? So I guess it's good in that way that it gives you something fresh as you try that new build that you wanted to do. You try that new... Uh, that class type you you do that victory lap of having over leveled everything and you just take it to town like at, at least there is something new to do during that yeah no i totally agree and i feel like you know fromsoft they're like we want to design this game so that you know everyone who wants to play through it can get through the main story without it being ridiculously obscure but at the same time i love the fact that they also like to cater to like we're gonna make these really cool things that only like five percent of people are gonna figure out but for those five percent of people it's gonna be this unforgettable experience and then Absolutely. everyone else can look it up and play through it that way but for these small group of people that are really like gonna <laughs> investigate and really try to figure this out it's going to be this incredible thing for them and i love that and i know same here it, and, it is, and, and it, i love yeah it's like a hit or miss thing because it's like yeah there's a lot i have to look up about these games because i'm like there was no way i was ever figuring that out but as you said for second playthroughs 
there's a it gives you a reason to try all these different things on a second playthrough and it's it's fascinating i'm going to avoid any spoilers here because we'll save that for the next episode but it's fascinating how the player base has adapted to that and learned through these games like the diehard fans that this is what they're supposed to do. Like there's a secret ending in Elden Ring that has a, like if you go off of like PlayStation trophies and Xbox achievements, there is a, uh, like a hidden ending that has a higher completion percentage than the normal ending of the game, <laughs> just because everybody followed a certain quest and got that hidden ending. So it, it it's fascinating how people almost expect it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, and given now that we're so many games into this style of Souls-like games, people kind of know, know, the, uh, know, what, know what to expect a little bit more. And, yeah. you know, I, I kind of love it. It's like, yeah, all the games are kind of, they have a lot of the same bones, right? Where people are like, oh, they're kind of just remaking the same game over and over. But there really is a uniqueness to each of the entries. You know, so, you know the Dark Souls trilogy is obviously going to be a lot more similar because it's the same exact series it's a but, trilogy yeah. but yeah i mean i would say like that people can argue about dark souls 2 but they really haven't missed with any of these games people love all of these games and it's incredible how they've been able to basically keep one-upping themselves and <laughs> i don't know how they're gonna one-up elden ring uh yeah there's, that's, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be a toughie this one really went uh above and beyond but yeah, I think it, just just to uh, to touch on that a bit for a minute, I think that's because the bones of those games are so solid. Because when when you talk about what makes the From Software games, every single one of them that special experience, it really comes down to just how solid and how tight that gameplay is, and how they've just mastered difficulty and yes they are all very hard games i will not sit here and try and convince you otherwise you will every single one of them you will put yourself through hell and you will hate yourself at least once along the way but they're all fair you know what i mean yeah like every, to some degree some them, bosses are total bs <laughs> yeah some, some of them some of the bosses are crap but eventually you learn them and you overcome them and you there's look also at them and, you know people talk about like a difficulty setting like why isn't there a difficulty setting there is a difficulty setting in the game it's kind of like back in world of warcraft there was a raid called old Duar where there was a button you could hit or some weird thing you could do in the fight to make it more and you made it harder yeah and you made it more difficulty uh made it more difficult in almost all of these games there is always options to make the fights easier whether that's grinding levels or finding an item or you know elden ring has the ash summons there's there's like built-in difficulty settings to mm -hmm. make your experience if you want to put the time in and you want to do the research there are ways to make these fights more forgiving and yeah. also the whole get good thing. You know, eventually yeah, and, and you'll learn the dance. It's a meme, but you will yeah. eventually get good. I mean, I have it. it. You could barely see it in, in the video version, but there's a little cross stitch thing my girlfriend made for me and it just says get good on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. amazing. Because back out. when I lived with uh, my buddies, uh, yeah, shout out to her for making that. Um, but back when I lived with my buddies in our apartment and anytime someone complained about a game, 
we'd always just say get good <laughs> mm -hmm. and just piss them and off even more <laughs> so <laughs> but um yeah so i think i think we covered a lot of the dna of the souls games and what really makes them magical and mm -hmm. i think that kind of will culminate in our next discussion, which is going you might to be say in one of the most magical games I've ever yes, played, <laughs> in one of the most incredible games, definitely the top candidate so far for game of the year in 2022. We will be talking about Elden Ring next week or mm -hmm. whenever the next episode airs. I don't, um, but uh, I did want to also just address if people were wondering where the heck is the Pokemon episode. We said that was coming. I probably should have addressed this at the top of the episode, but <laughs> that's hey. okay. Editing, I'll I'll just put it at the, the front, and we'll, yeah. don't worry about it. Well, okay. I won't actually do but, that. <laughs> yeah, for those wondering, um, Juan is uh, unavailable for uh, a little bit of time, so we didn't want to do the Pokemon episode or Pokemon series without him so we decided to push that for a few weeks mm -hmm. Juan will be back soon and we will continue that but since Juan doesn't really particularly enjoy the soul series we thought this was an opportunity for us to talk about that and then when Juan is able to come back we are going to do our Pokemon series that we had already yeah. talked about it if you remember, if you were a listener from the cast of the past days, and thank you, by the way, for still being here. We hope, you, we hope you're still enjoying it. We, we would have these almost half episodes where it would be more catered to um, the, the likes of two of us instead of the likes of the group. Like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Ryan and I's old episodes were like about Warcraft and Zelda and, you know, the things that we both love. So th this was a great opportunity for us to really just do a deep dive and eventually gush about one of our favorite games ever and you know we, we we could throw on a little tacky fun marketing uh marketing trick and call it a side quest because it's not one of our normal yeah. quests we're uh we're taking some time and going on a little side quest for a few weeks that will uh culminate in a are, are we going into our elden ring episode saying like nothing is sacred all spoilers on the table yeah we're i think it's gonna, gonna be we're going full, all out yeah oh, i'm all so out. excited Full, I mean, it's the game's been out for like three months now. I think it's mm -hmm. it's okay to just say, hey, well, I mean, we'll we'll give a spoiler warning, but we're just uh, we're going all in on it. I think it's very rare that it, it doesn't happen often where you just play a game and instantly it's like on your top ten or top five favorite games of all time, like immediately. But I think this this is the case for this game for me. So that's what we'll be talking about on the next episode of Quest Rewind. So once again, thank you guys for joining us. Again, we will have the Pokemon series in a few weeks, so please hang on and look forward Stay to tuned. that. Don't, uh, but for those don't, don't, who enjoy, don't unsubscribe, yeah. we're still here. We swear, yeah, we're we still promise. here. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you want to join us on the Discord and continue the conversation. We have a lot of great people on there and it's always a great time to just talk collecting video games, talking about what games we're playing. The, yeah. the link to it, that is in the description. My, uh, yeah, it's been one of my favorite things over the few months that Elden Ring has been out, how we've all like collectively kind of played it together and discovered it together and are like trying not to spoil anything but still yeah. have that discussion and trying to Be really like, this just boss walk is that BS line and, and uh, yeah. oh have try you tried this. this item yeah <laughs> 
So mm-hmm. it, it's been a great time, and you know we're looking forward to do that. There's a lot of great games coming out this year, so I'm sure we'll be discussing a lot of those in the Discord as well as maybe some of it on the podcast. But again, guys, link to that is in the description, and we'll be back next time gushing about Elden Ring, Keith and I, and then a Pokemon series in the future. So once again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.